you know, always start it, you know what I'm saying? And then it doesn't it doesn't matter how the circumstance it is, but you start something and you just keep implementing. It's like when you try and build a facility, right? You build the first layer of it, the the first part of it, and then you keep adding on to it. And I feel like and that's that's the case because you can always add on to Susu. Yeah. You can always add something on to what you just built. And you just keep adding on until before you look within one year, your eyes are turning like, oh my God. Because that's how it that's how it feels, man. It feels like you might take 20 years to do something, but after it's done, it's like one year. Yeah. Africa abroad. What's going on, world? It's your boy Cordo back with another episode of Africa Abroad. Um, I say another episode, but this is actually the first one, even if it's not the first one that you're seeing. I don't know when I'm going to put this out. But with this being my first interview, it's an honor for me to have here today my brother, my friend, a husband, a father. Hold on. Let me get a guy some air horn. A husband, a father, you know, an actor, a philanthropist, former college soccer player. What else, what else can I say? Oh, okay. I said philanthropist. So the real reason why we're talking is CEO, founder, president, oh, what other titles you want to put of Nation One Academy, the uh, first boarding academy, first soccer boarding academy in the country of Liberia. I got mad air horns for that. He's here. He's my guest. He's my brother. He's my confidant. He's my business partner. He yes, is sir. my yes, role sir. model. Octavi yes, Ta, how you feeling today, man? Oh man, you far too kind with those words, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. It's an honor to be here with you, man. Sharing this stage with you, but not just this stage. I'm thinking about acting already, but sharing <laughs> this uh, platform with you. Um, I, 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 um, I said, man, we, we, we is more than just friend is brother. Yep. Um, you know, we've been rocking with each other for, for, for like for five, six years, man. So yep. I, 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 it's an honor to see you grow and see you do different things and just involving them with, with the massive, massive, massive love, what you're doing with Susu as well, man. It's an honor. Yeah, man. You always here uh, today, man. You always pushing me to do more and ask uh, me what I'm working on. So yeah, I, yeah. this is what I'm working on right here. I kind of so it. I brought I brought Octavi here today. I didn't really tell him what was going on. I was just <laughs> like, did, yo, I want to interview you. And he was like, yeah, man, it's whatever. Oh, it's for man. Susu is love. So yeah, yeah. I kind of brought him here, and I just kind of want the world to know more about your story and about. Uh, mm. the journey and just your life, what yeah. you've been through to get you to the point to where you would want to start something like Nation One Academy. And now it's just so amazing and, and the level that it's at. And then I got to hear about the recent updates of Nation One because you were just in Liberia literally like a week or two ago. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Uh, we we haven't we haven't chatted about it. I haven't talked to you in like two months. Yeah, and yeah, you has. you text me. You was like, yo. It's going down it's in going Liberia. Down. Yeah, Things yeah. are on the up and up, man. I'm going to yeah. tell you about it. So I was like, oh, I got to get him on the podcast so yeah, he can tell yeah, me yeah. live and direct. <laughs> so uh, so oh, first man. for us to get started, where were you born? Man, um, I was born in uh, Liberia. Okay. Where where in um, Liberia? I was born in uh, Kokola Fatri. 
That's in the Peensville area. Okay. Of Liberia. Okay, I know I know where that factory is. I've, I've driven exactly. past yeah, it a couple yeah, times. Yeah, okay. yeah, I man. I was born and raised. I was born and raised there. Okay, so you were born in '88, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We trying to age. You know what I mean? We trying. trying to <laughs> I'll, I'll, take the, the I'll, I'll take that out. Don't worry. But you were so you were born. You but you were around my crowd. We just yeah, 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 so yeah. No, 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 no. So what what was life like? I know you don't remember. You know. Age, you know, I'm yeah. newborn and two, but some of your earliest memories. Yes, what sir. was life like for you in, in Morovia? Man, it was different. Okay, it was different. Um, in so many ways, um, I, I believe it was different. You know, I obviously being born in Liberia, um, you know, back in the 80s, where you, you know, things was, you know up and under as it relates to just the war and mm-hmm. just the, f- the facet of how we perceive Liberia to look like. I mean, after I was, I mean, I was born the, the year I was born, um, two years after that, that's the first war I've ever experienced. We was the 1990 war. Yeah. And do you remember that? Oh, absolutely, man. I, it's crazy, man. You know, and I absolutely remember that. Remember uh, flashes of those uh, of those critical time because you're like life, two years old at this two time. Years old, yeah. But like, yeah. there's a war going on, you mm-hmm. know. So like, you didn't get to do the normal kid things yeah. of like, oh, I'm playing outside or I'm going to school yeah. because it's like everything kind of shut down for the war, right? Absolutely, man. Um, you know, I remember like, you know, I, I was actually in school. Um, and when we hear a gunshot, and it's so wow. crazy, and now, uh, I'm so paranoid as it relates to gun sound. Yeah, right now, and as old as I am now, it's just I feel s- it, it. It brings a reflection back to back in the '90s and what was going on in Liberia. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. You know, I was in school. My mom ran. You know, drove to uh, to my school and and got me from there. I was in a nursery. So you were there. you were in school, in and school. then the war broke out while yeah, you were in school, and your mom was like, "Nah, I gotta go get my yeah. kid right now." And now, yeah, because I wasn't far away, because where I, where where I was at, I wasn't far away from our home, mm-hmm. like Beria, because you know my mom she didn't send me too far. She she sent me close by that she had very easy access or, or, or what have you to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I remember when I started broke out, man, my mom got in the car, pick, picked me up from school, and just think about what the hell to do next. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for my ex- nah, uh, uh, expression, but I mean, we, it was that, here. <laughs> it's, it, it, it was that crazy, man. You know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday and, you know, and a lot happened, I believe. And, you know, as I said, I'm still paranoid from a lot of things yeah. that have happened, you know, during, during, during the early nineties. So were you, were you an only child? No, man, I, I'm the, the youngest of 10. Youngest of ten. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. My mom. We 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 had a very large family. Okay. Um. You know, just being the youngest man, learn a whole lot from them as far as just you know knowing what you want, sacrifice, and just a whole lot of how to be a better person. So I've learned so much from my siblings. Okay. Um. Uh, you know, through my journey, and you know, up to this time, I, I still learn from them as well. Were all of them like at home with you when you were growing up, or some of them were older? Yeah, and were like gone some, and some of them like were, were much older. Okay. Um, they had their own homes and jobs and businesses and things like that in Liberia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before the war, what have you? So you know, there was there were 
or in a perspective area, what have you. But then, you know, like, in Africa is so family-oriented. Yeah. So it's like everyone lives close by. For sure, for sure. You know, you Even know, if I'm not in the same house, I'm in the same community. You, exactly. And, you know, here in the U.S., though, it's like your, your cousin, your, your, not your cousin, your, your aunt can live in another state, yeah. your mom lives in another state, your yeah. brother lives in another state. But Liberia, is, it, it was... It was just that it was just so organic, you know. Everyone lived together and was just embraceful of each of each other and supportive of each other as as well. So, so the war the war starts in nineteen ninety. You're you're two years old. Two years old. When did you come to America? I came to America when I was thirteen. So oh, years hold on, old. wait, wait, wait. So the war started when you were two. You came to America when you were thirteen. Yeah. So for nine years, yeah, you were a child living in in, in, in a war. In a war, absolutely. Because I know it was nineteen ninety. It was nineteen ninety six, if not mistaken. I came here nineteen ninety nine, almost close to two thousand. So at some <clears> point, <throat> did like did the war just become normal for you? It was like normal life. Like okay, I'm gonna go and live my life, but I have to be on guard because. Bullets could be going on here or a bomb could be going off here. What What's that like for a child to be growing up and you don't get to have the security of, yeah. you know, the things that I was born here. You know, I, I hear the war stories because of my parents. But like a lot of this stuff here, I you take for granted because yeah. it just seems like normal. And it's like I'm sitting here with you and it's like. Nah, I, I wish I had some I, of that stuff when I was a kid. Man, you know? it's just something that I believe no child wants to go through. For sure. Um, you know, I missed almost a year and a half of school, mm-hmm. of schooling, because it was a war, and we had to read a kid. So during, during 1990, though, my parents read a kid to uh, Guinea, okay, which happened to be the, neighbor. our neighbor, yeah. a neighboring country. Um, and after that, though, we came back to Liberia, but then school really wasn't stable because... Why did y'all come back? Do you know? I mean, you know, Liberia was our home. Yeah. And uh, my mom, you know, our, you know, she, we, she had everything in Liberia. So, you know, we couldn't just go into exile and just stay there or what have you. So, I mean, three months after, you know, we when she believed things had settled, um, we moved back to Liberia and, you know, cause we was in school, you know, um, we lived in Liberia as well. So, I mean, that was, uh, that was only, that was the only thing to do yeah. uh, at, at that, at that moment. So I'm assuming, you know, as a kid growing up in Liberia, you, you know, you did things, you go outside and play, even though there's a war going on, did you still get to go out and play and stuff or yeah, your mean, parents kind of kept a tight, a tight leash on you? I mean, at a certain point though, you know, at a certain point, because the war, the first war in the 1990 war, when I, you know, that's the first war I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prior to that, though, you know, we was outside and playing, what have you. Even when we came back from Guinea, mm-hmm. from Guinea to Liberia, you know, 91, 92, you know, we, we were still going outside, doing different things, and, you know, still playing, but we know in the back of our mind, anything could happen anytime. Yeah. So, you know, we just had to be close. But, you know, uh, you know, just from the war, man, it, it ruined my childhood. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of things that, you know, that I never had a chance to do because of the war, you know, and uh, it's unfortunately, it's just how it was for, for us, you know, yeah. growing up in Liberia. So were you were you playing football at this time when you were a child in, in Liberia? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, football is, is like, you know, I know we here we call it soccer, right? But football is something that we, I mean, that that is our primary sport in Liberia. So mm-hmm. at every age, 
three years old, four years old, we outside playing. Yeah. Um, you know, for hours, man, yeah. just hours and more. I bare feet. I, I never had an opportunity when I was in library to ever play in no soccer cleats. Oh, for sure. Barefoot ballers. Never. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to get a drop yeah. for barefoot <laughs> ballers because I, I feel like I was, that's going to be a recurring man, theme on this show. Yo, you, you guys might have seen me on one of those kids playing with the bare feet. Yeah. Bro, that's all we did in Liberia back then. I mean, I when I came here back in the, uh, back in 1990, I mean, 1999 to 2000 when, mm-hmm. I, um, when I came here, that's the first time I've ever put on soccer cleats. Yeah. Uh, we was playing with our bare f- games, practices, bare feet with socks on our feet. And yeah. we was there, man, because there was so much gratitude for the game. And we loved playing soccer. And I love playing soccer. That's, I mean, that's that's my, you know, therapy, I guess. Did you, um, did you were you a standout in Liberia? Or was it like everybody man. was really good? Or was it like, oh, little peeking. Peeking on top of you. Man, you can really play well. Man, I remember when I was growing up in Liberia, man, and it was crazy because, man, hey, yo, and remind me when we when the, the whenever we go back to Liberia, I had to take you to where I was born, like okay. the field where we used to come from. The fans come down and go to the soccer field. I used to be a goalkeeper, man, when I started wow. playing soccer. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they used to use me in a go uh, in a, in a goal post when I was younger. Um, but when I came in, when I when I left Liberia and came to the states, though I transitioned from playing goalkeeper to, you know, playing the forward and what have you. But man, in my whole entire life in Liberia, man, I was a goalkeeper and I was playing as well occasionally. Yeah. But goalkeeper was it was fun. Yeah. I, I used to love jumping up and doing crazy stuff. Yeah, man. you're still playing, it's, man. It's yeah, still for it's the love just, of the game. It's so fun. So you you came to America when you were 13. How how did that happen? Because I know it's tough. You know, my parents always tried to get, you know, relatives to come here and there was always issues with the visa and even my mom adopted my two uh my two cousins who are now my little sisters. It took them 10 years, you know, for two little girls. What type of immigration issues should they run into, you know, but it took forever to get them over here. So how how did you Come over here, and I and and who all came with your family to to America? I remember. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. So after the war, after 1990 war, and then it was 1996. Mm-hmm. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that war was crazy. It mm-hmm. was terrible as well. So uh, 1999, it was an opportunity that came up. Um, I was part of a a youth group mm-hmm. called um, Voice of the Future. Okay. Um, and I remember we was invited to Hawaii f- for um a youth conference. So I actually represented like uh, not just m- along with a lot of smart and incredible Liberians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we represented Liberia um in Hawaii for the youth conference. Okay. Back in nineteen ninety nine, uh, when I first came here, and you know we left from Liberia straight. You know stops obviously you know had stopped different places or what have you and then yeah. um california from california to hawaii was there for like a couple of weeks and then uh we left hawaii and then on our way back you know i had a fam, i had my you know my dad i was here or what have you my older brother you know he's like my dad you know mm-hmm. um you know he was here picked me up from the airport here and um you know and i was here yeah and i was here so your your older brother was here. When did he get here? Um, he got here prior to before the war, probably oh, in like yeah. the eighties or something. No, that's probably like not even after the war because I was you know he got here like nineteen probably like after nineteen ninety six, probably ninety seven, ninety eight. 
Okay. Eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So when you came to America after this conference and you're with your brother, where did you live? So uh, when I got picked up from the airport, um, we we moved to uh, um, what he took me to uh, Philadelphia. Okay. So I grew up in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, you know, middle school, high school, college. Uh, well, I didn't do college in Philadelphia, but I did middle school and high school in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's what I was there for a very long time. So... You're you're thirteen, yeah, at thirteen, 13 yeah. years old, in a whole new country, man, right, man, just different. It was so much different from what I've, you know, what, from what I have experienced throughout my years in Liberia. So when you when you got here, did you start playing football right away? Like, how did you get? How did you find that that common piece of what brought you happiness in Liberia? And now you're in a foreign land, and things are different, and your family isn't here, but you found the connection with that same thing that you loved in Liberia. When, when did you start playing football Man, in Philadelphia? I, I think I was in uh, eighth grade mm-hmm. uh, when I was in middle school. When I, you know, when I, when I found out that the, t- the school that I was playing, that I was going to, they had a soccer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at that time, you know, I, I mean, I thought it was football team, you know, cause we, you know, I was young. So I didn't know what was doing between soccer and football. I knew that football is what we, Usually your feet, you yeah. you know. But when I found out, you know, and I went for the tryout, and I wasn't as bad, you know. So my coach got me, in, and her name was Miss Pollock. Shout out to Miss Pollock. Miss <laughs> Pollock, man, she took me in like her own. Um, you know, started playing soccer. She 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 loved me, man. You know, on the pitch and just on and off the pitch, she's been. She was she was very you know um inspiration she was an inspiration to me as well and you know so she really pushed me encouraged me to continue playing soccer okay uh where you you say you weren't that bad but were yeah. you were you good were you a no, star player you were a middle no, of the I, way player i was i mean I, you know i was like a star player on the team yeah uh you know from high school up to you know middle school i you know when i once i once i left like Buren and came here and when started going to school i was a star player on you know on on my on my school team, and I worked worked my way up until I, I moved out to college or what have you. But it's yeah, it was like you know I was I wasn't that bad. You know, you I, I you was good enough to be on the team, right? You didn't, you didn't play goalie, did you? <laughs> no, man. Let me tell you a funny story. I, I I remember when I was in I think it was in eighth grade, but I miss yeah middle school is eighth from seventh to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So I was I think I was in seventh grade eighth grade. Um, I started off being a goalie. And I remember one game was a playoff game. Uh, I started in a, in, in a goal pole, and, and then I think they scored like two on me, like just two goals instantaneously, right? Yeah. And and um and my coach Miss Pollock made a substitution, brought me, took me from the goal pole, put me in, got me got me a jersey. Mm-hmm. God ain't playing number nine. We end up winning, we end up winning those that game four two. And I scored like four goals, man. So <laughs> from that day, I never went back in okay. the goal point at all. Yeah. So I mean, from that day on, she been using me, you know, as a number nine, yeah. you know, as, as a forward playing soccer. So yeah, I still remember that story, man. That's an incredible story. We was actually losing that game, man. She she said, Octavio, you got to come out. <laughs> You got to come out. Octavio. She knew. She knew you yeah. had the skills, and you're like, we're not about to waste this guy's talent. Yeah, because no, but I told I was goalkeeper. I was goalie in Liberia. Yeah. I told that though, yeah. you know. And she was like, no, Octavio. And then after she saw me playing around with some of my friends, she, she substituted me. I came out. She came, got me a jersey. Went in, and from that day on, I started playing forward. Yeah. So, so you were a forward all through high school, all in yeah. college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. 
competition wise. Yeah. Did you notice a difference in the talent level in Liberia versus when you were in Philly? Um, I think when I was in Liberia, it was it was totally different because Liberia, though, it was, um, you know, we, we knew the legitimate player. We knew guys that were just great, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe most of the time, most of them wasn't in school, mm-hmm. but they were, they, they were just a great soccer player. So yeah. we, we, we recognized those guys. Um, but even as I was growing up, though, in in in, in, uh, in Philadelphia, though, like from my from from my middle school to high school, like you know, um, I was I was the man, you know, and, and got a lot of trophies and things like that when I was in high school and in middle school. So I was recognized a whole lot for uh, my achievement on the pitch. So, but you know, but in Liberia, it was a much more competitive, though. Yeah. You know, because here at at that point of my life, though, you you had to be in school to play soccer, right? Yeah. You know, but in, in Africa, you know, man, most of our guys and our friend wasn't even in school. Yeah. But we all practiced together. You know, we all trained together. What have you? So you know, that was that was a uniqueness to their talent compared to you know being in high school where you know you're the best player in, in school and best player in the conference or or whatsoever. Okay. So you dominate middle school, you dominate in high school, and then you decide, you know, I'm here in America. I'm here with all these opportunities. I should go to college. I, there's oh what colleges will pay me to to come to school, or, or I can go to school for free if I if I play soccer. So you decided to continue playing in college. How was your experience um, deciding on what college to go to, and then your experience of playing soccer in college? Because it becomes more of a job once absolutely. you hit the collegiate. I mean, it was a job, high school, but it's definitely next level in, yeah. in the collegiate level. So just talk a little bit about. I think you, you know, and with what we're doing now in Liberia, I think you know, growing up though here in you know in the U.S. though, I wish I had mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mentors play a very important role. In any individual's life, absolutely, um, and I, I miss that. Um, that's something that I wish I had because that probably would have um, got me more focused mm-hmm. in ways that would have benefited me in the long run. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I listen. If you don't have a mentor, I, 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 I mean, I, I tell you today, you need someone to look up to, or you need someone to just to empower you. And I think we all need that, yeah. Uh, because sometimes you know, those individuals play a very pivotal role in our growth and and just the way we think about just different scenarios. So I mean, I never, you know, I was focused. I was a good student in, in middle, in middle school, high school, and college. But you know, I, I never had a mentor to kind of say, "In October, you know what." This is a great decision. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. You know what I'm saying? And and so it was that difficult. But I mean, but all in all, though, I mean, it was it was unique, though, knowing that I had the opportunity to go to college and, you know, coming from where I came from, you know, you know, I was born and raised in Liberia part of my life. And, you know, we never I never envisioned going to college because there was so much war in Liberia at that point. Um, so it was just too much, man. So I read the vision, even finishing high school, because you just never know yeah. at that point. But I mean, I was blessed yeah. among so many people to get an opportunity to come here and 
uh, further my uh, my my education and just to you know be a better person. Okay, so now that we um now that we talked about you know your background <coughs> as a person, mm-hmm. which I'm glad we got to talk about that because oh. me and you've been together for years, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. honestly like I knew some of these things just like I kind of knew them, but to hear you talk about them is like all right yeah. now I know I tell you for real for real you know yeah. so it kind of makes things make sense now for right. what you're doing now so. You went and played in college. You finished playing in college. How did Nation One come about? Because you know now you're you're you graduate and now you're looking for the next step in yeah. life and the next phase in life. And I guess you know playing professionally wasn't in the cards because it's not in the cards for most <laughs> most people. Absolutely, you know, I'm absolutely. like it's point two percent of people. So. But you still had the passion for the game, and mm-hmm. now you decide, speaking about mentors, you wanted to mentor kids that, you know, that you saw yourself in because, yeah. you, like you said, you wish you had it, and then you decided you wanted to be that for other people. So mm-hmm. how did how did Nation One Academy start? Man, that's an incredible question. Um, so, yeah, I so I was, I was in college, mm-hmm. and um, I remember um, it's, I remember I was, I was, I was working. Uh, I had a job and I was working in, in one of the offices. I just, um, you were working on campus. I, yeah. I was working on campus and I had this epiphany about, I said, I mean, why can I start something? So nation wants started off as a clothing line. Okay. So back in like, like 2010, I mean, I was in New York. I had, you know, I was, you know, doing my, you know, after I was staying in college and you know, in New York, it's like a fashion, you know, the fashion district. Right. So yeah. it's like, a lot of things happen there as it relates to fashion. So I started Nation, Nation One Clothing okay. in New York when I was in college. But then I remember my mom and I went back to Liberia 2013. And when, that was your first time that back in Liberia? That was my first time back in Liberia since I left 1999. So that was your first time back in 14 years. Yes, was sir. in 2013. Uh-huh. You went with your mom. And then... The war ended in like 2004 or something. 2004. Yeah, because I, that's when uh, 2003, 2004. That's when I think that was the last war they had in Liberia. 2000, the early 2000s. Okay, so you went back for the first time in 14 years. Yeah, the war had been over for 10 years. Mm-hmm. What did you see when you got there? Man, it, I don't know. It, it was it was so unique. When it, when I first landed at the airport, I had tears in my eyes, and I've never ever felt like that before. What was the feeling? It was I, I was just so overwhelmed to be back home. Yeah. And it just and you know, I had this incredible tears just drooling down my eyes and out to myself, like, why am I crying? But it was the love that I have for my country because I mean I left when I was young. Um and just it just being back home, I started thinking about a lot about a lot of things that happened prior to uh, me leaving Liberia. So just being back there, man, I, I was just overwhelmed with, I guess, tears, hurt, but also happiness mm-hmm. just to be back home. And I don't know where that tears came from, but I just, I felt like that. And from that moment on, it was just everything that happened after that was just surreal moments. Being back home, seeing some of my friends that I grew up with, wow. and seeing some of the people, seeing some of the the location, 
and I mean, where we used to play soccer. I, I mean, we I, I walked everywhere for the first week, and I was there for a whole month. My mom and my my mom and I. Yeah. And I walked everywhere, man. I I mean, because it was just so much fun being back home. It's like, man, I felt like. I've missed so much, you know, yeah. and, and, and it was just so much fun being back home. So we was walking everywhere. I was walking everywhere, man, going to soccer field, just moving around, just helping different people, but just being in a circle and helping people, that's always been something that I love to do from the beginning. So I just felt like being back home, though, it was something that I really felt that, man, I, I have to do more for, for, the, for my beloved country. I have to do something. By that moment, I didn't realize that I was going to, start doing what we now know as nation one academy in liberia i just knew that i had a passion for doing something um but i just at that point i, I have you know i've not yet come to any realization of okay well this is what i want to do okay so you go to liberia with your mom for the first time in 14 years you see some of your friends that you grew up with see mm -hmm. some family members which is amazing because yeah. not only have I not seen you in 14 years, which, okay, that makes me excited, but it's also like, yo, you survived. That's great. Cause yeah. it's not just like, Oh, I haven't seen you in 14 years. It's like, there's been a war going on and I have already lost people, mm -hmm. but you didn't like, I didn't lose you. Thank God. You know? So you're there. And then all of these feelings, you know, just come over you where you feel the need to do more. So then you return home. I'm mm -hmm. assuming what 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 was the thing that made you decide because like you said you hadn't decided that it was going to be nation one academy you just had the clothes at first but you knew that there was something that you wanted to do more, yeah. to help your people you know so when when did you make that decision that like oh i want to you know provide education for talented yeah. youth in liberia i think when i first got to liberia when we got picked up from the airport and we got that at midnight um Got home, walked around the house, and for the first time, I saw my brother. Um, and you know he's deaf. He really he. And, and I, I lost my brother like last year, and I mean it's, you know, and that's my mom's first son. Oh wow! Yeah, um, he's. I started crying. I started crying. You know, he's um. Yeah, he was very special to me. My older brother, yeah. He was real special to me. Um, the next day, he and I sat down and started writing because that's the only way we communicate. You know, we, I mean, that's how I knew because I, I didn't take any sign language or anything like that. So we used to communicate on just text or, you know, he writes and I reply or, you know, when I want to ask how he doing and things like that. So, um, you know, it was very a, it's a real moment just to see him there. And then we walked around, talk, talk you know, written, and he writes, and I write, and I reply, and he asked me questions, you know, but it was just like that, going back and forth. The next morning, and the next morning after that, um, my sister, I just started meeting up with some of my friends within the community, people that I grew up with. Some of them were still living at the same area, the same houses as well. So I met them. I was like, you know, I, I mean, yeah, let's go play soccer, what have you. So we started playing soccer. And then... Within my community, though, that I saw a bunch of kids playing soccer, but there was no one around them. It was just them playing by themselves. And I was like, wow, I mean, how, why are these kids just playing by themselves? But, I mean, that, that, is, that is the uniqueness of soccer in Liberia. I feel like, you know, kids just play on their own without any coaches or without any 
any any upper individual individual to kind of empower you know, you know guys kind of coach them they were just playing on no by, mentors by, no like mentor they were just playing by themselves or what have you but they but they they embraced the game they enjoyed playing soccer so I stood there for about twenty five minutes and just I was just I was just so marvelled about them playing and just I'm like wow that's incredible so I was like you know what I want to do something in Liberia from that when I saw them playing I realized that I was trying to do something and I was like I mean it's so why can't I just open a, 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 a just open a soccer team mm-hmm. we close to my house close to on the same field soccer field that we used to play uh, on let me just like form a team. And I formed a team that day. Hmm. Now, it took me a week to just have, just start inviting different kids to come. And then we had, we had a tournament and then we picked the first 15 kids. So those first 15 kids was the first original um, nationwide academy kids wow. within my community where wow. I was born and where I grew up at. That's, that's, that's the birth of nationwide in my community in the Pinesville area in Cocoa Factory, because that's where I'm from. Bruh, I don't know if you know how spectacular it is that you had an idea. You saw something. You saw something that needed to be fixed. You had an idea, and you acted on that idea right in that moment. You Mm -hmm. feel me? And that's something that I have issues with, and I think most people have issue with. You have a great idea, and then you go back home and then you write it down and you come up with ideas and then you plan and then you plan and you say, okay, I'm going to buy this. And then I set goals for the future. And then my March, I'm going to do this. And by December, I'm going to do this. And then three years pass and nothing has happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you just like, Oh, but I got jobs now and I got bills now and I got babies now and I can't do that. But you, you weren't seeking perfection. Mm-mm. You weren't like, Oh, this is going to be like one of the yeah. academies in Europe. I, and, uh, before I do anything, I got to make sure that we're playing on manicured grass and everybody has this and everybody has that. You were like, no, they don't even have the bare minimum right now. So I'm going to bring them the bare minimum mm-hmm. right now. And to know that nation one started from an idea that you had in the moment and you acted on it in the moment That's and right. put a team together and to see where nation one academy is now it's like most people would wait until the now mm-hmm. so you know after the years of development that you've put in they think that that's the entry point you look at other people's journeys and you think that's the entry point and you don't realize like no they built that up from the dirt and i work with nation one and yeah. i didn't know that that's how you started yeah. nation one that, yeah. bro that's so amazing it is that <clears throat> you saw an issue and fixed the issue right there in the moment. So, and you always talk about the first nation, one kids. shout out to the first nation, one kids, but I never really realized what that meant until now you're telling me this story, which is so spectacular. I got to give you more applause (laughs) for that one, bro. Cause that is, that's really amazing. So, so you start, you start nation one Academy (laughs) in your community Mm -hmm. and you put together a team but you're only in Liberia for a month. So yeah. what, what happens? What's the next step? Like you decide, all right, I got this thing rolling. I, I, I got to keep going. So what, yeah. what do you do then? Well, so we assemble a team, um, just kids from in my community. Um, and, and the same soccer field that when I was growing up in Liberia, well, we used to, well, you know, my team and I used to play. That's the same field we was using in Liberia, hard gravel, um, you know, 
bears. You know, some of the kids had sneakers. Some of the kids had was playing with the bare feet. You know, that's that's the norm. In, 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 in you know, at that time when I was growing up in Liberia. Yep. But it means when I started Nation One Academy, though, I mean, not all, most of the kids though they had feet wear. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, it was just. For them, it was fun just being a part of something, just yeah. being a part of a team. And I realized, you know, and I met one of my, my childhood friends, so I asked him to just oversee the team, you know, I mean, within my absences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he agreed. Um, and then, you know, and then we, we add one more coach. Uh, so it was just two people now. So what I did was, that's 2013 now. Yeah. Um, at that time, we have never, we've not thought about doing anything it was just about just helping kids within my community just that was it yeah so i used to send soccer balls um just different things you know soccer balls bibs you know soccer cleats and all that stuff and that's like gold <laughs> in liberia because you send in balls and i seen kids play play soccer with Grocery bags yeah. and all like oh, just yeah. get hundreds of grocery bags and yeah. tie string around it and then bibs. Oh no, that's not that's not even a thing. You just know who's on your team and who's not on your team. Ain't no bibs. So you sending equipment is you sending gold. You already have a team that's above and beyond most other teams that, or yeah. other kids that they were seeing. So you, you continue. You you came back and you're sending you know materials to yeah. Liberia for so your I team. So I was sending a bunch of materials. Soccer balls, babes, soccer, soccer cliques, um, cones, all those little things, you know, all those like nuances that we use for soccer on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, and things start getting better. Um, and then things start picking up. Um, but then we start getting bigger. Um, and then obviously we, we start doing different activities, playing games, recording the games and just, um, just you know, having fun with the kids, and I, I remember I was when I came, when I returned back from Liberia, um, we still had you know the kids like every weekend we had practice on the weekends because mo- the weekdays were, the, uh, those kids was in school, mm-hmm. so you know and, and like whenever we play a game, my sister uh, in Liberia used to invite all the boys you know to our home and, you know in the fence and they they would, they would just cook for them. They would, you know, they all get fed, and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun, but at at that point, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, it's something is small now. I mean, I mean, I know that we need a little bit more of leverage, um, way that we can help more people. Um, also, you know, it was like too, it's like just who to trust now because you're sending all those things in Liberia, um, but and then I wasn't too sure if, you know. All those things, you know, that the right people was on board yeah. at that moment, yeah. Um, to kind of further the dreams of of, I start realizing, okay, I gotta start taking this stuff serious now. These kids look at me, um, more than I look at myself as as it relates to soccer. You know what they're doing, Liberia, but I have to start doing more to help them. Uh, so what can I do? So you know, I I just kept, you know. Pounding on that for long for for years, you know. But they were still training. Yeah, they were still practicing. You know, they were still playing games. But you know, every, every weekend they would go to, to my, uh, my 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 parents' home, and then they would go. It would cook for them, and they ate. They were so excited. But you know, I was still trying to roll out, uh, figure out what next. I mean, 
what am I going to do next? And I mean, how is this whole thing going to pan out, you know? So I just, you know, uh, one of my childhood friends reached out to me and told me about uh, a good friend of mine who turned to be my brother, and you know uh, Milton Yoko very well now. Yeah. Um, he, he Shout said, out to Yoko. Yeah, man. Yoko was good. So um, he uh, he reached out, and he reached, he said, man, I know this guy who really does things for kids, and he's he's a, he's a great organizer, and, you know, he's been doing tournaments for a long time. I think you guys should link up and just try and talk. And when I returned back 20, after the Ebola, because mm-hmm. I, I, we went there 2013, I think the Ebola was 2015 or 26, 2014 or 2015, one of them. But then after Ebola 2016, I went there again, and that's when that's where I met Yoko. But prior to me going, I was in communication with Yoko because a friend of mine, one of my childhood friends, gave me his contact, and we've been talking. And at that time, we've already established established a concrete um, relationship, and just you know, just telling about the vision, telling about Nation One, where we, you know, what we were in the Pinesville area. Um, but you know, it's just like okay, I need a different team. I need different people to kind of oversee um, the bigger plan, what have you. Um, so that's how we kind of relocated from from Pin from uh, Pinsville area now to ELWA mm-hmm. location. Um, that's when we had like, I mean, we have a huge tournament. I remember now when that 2016, we had a huge tournament, and from that day, we just pick like over 30 kids, and those kids was a second generation nation one academy kids because um you know it was just a bunch of kids and we just start working on a consistent basis just helping them directing them just talking to them, empowering them uh, this is way before i ever thought about okay man and this stuff is getting real serious now i gotta figure out what to do next as far as it relates to okay so where am i going uh i know i'm gonna need some sort of help so how is the help gonna come and what do i need to do to um to go in that route as far as getting help. But, you know, we, we just had them going. And I was working at a time. Um, I'm still working now, by the way. So of course, of course. <laughs> I know, right? So I, I was working and then um, I was still sending funding to Liberia just to sponsor, like pay the coaches. And, you know, we had like two coaches that I was working with, along with us. But we have a lot of soccer balls, a lot of babes. I mean, they had a lot of everything for all those kids. And we was doing that for a few years. Yeah. Okay. So Nation One, you know, is rolling 2013 and 2016. Uh, and then you're just trying to figure out how, what the next level is. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, it's just kind of like a community soccer team. Yes. So it's just, I got, I got an organized group of kids to come and play because that's something that they didn't have before. They yeah. just used to go and play on their own. Now it's like you have a coach, you have equipment, uh, you have a gathering spot, you have food and stuff like that. So now it's become really organized. Yes. Um, and I guess like the, the basis of all the stuff you do is like you identify a problem or you Mm -hmm. identify something that's missing. Correct. And then you put it there. Yeah. So I'm guessing the next thing you identified is the education piece isn't really there. Cause it's like, all right, I got a team, but maybe like, but how am I bettering these kids life? Mm-hmm. I bettered their life on the soccer field, but as we spoke before, it's not a given for everyone to go on. So then you decided, uh, I need to bring in, you know, the education piece. Absolutely. So, and that's become the pillar and the main part of nation one now, mm-hmm. which is 
uh, a shining, you know, part of, of what's going on in Liberia. So what what were some of the first steps of you incorporating education into your community of kids playing soccer? I think at that point, um, 2016, 2017, I had to figure, I, I had to do, I had to do my due diligence on foundations i had to do a lot of research and i spent like a months on doing uh, research and and just doing different research in how to maintain what i was doing at a time and also what some of the pillows that i need to implement though because i mean anyone can have a bunch of kids on a team and just yeah go for practice every day or have coaches but then what are we doing? You know, how are we empowering these kids? Yep. What are we instilling into these kids, right? Um, are are they coming from a great home? Like, you know, like my goal was to get to know these kids individually and and serve something that I felt like no one else would were looking at at that point. Like, okay, I wanna I, I have to empower them, I have to mentor them, I have to talk with them, I have to let them know that. It's not just about soccer now. It's about education. So, I mean, I did a lot of due diligence on my end to kind of figure out, okay, different foundation around the world that is implying these steps and is working in other African countries. But it's something, I mean, I had to figure out what's going to work for Nation One Academy in Liberia. So I realized that mentoring, um, empowering them, yeah, we use soccer as the you know the platform but then the, the main thing that we emphasize so much on is the education because at a certain point in your life though if you i mean if you go through an injury or i mean that's that's i mean it's over for you what next right but i think you realize that with with the education you know you can now say i'm having injury going to college or i have an injury with a degree no you can always use the degree to be incredible to do incredible things and to kind of distinguish yourself from everyone else and I felt that I had to incorporate that because sometimes, though, that would encourage the kids to, listen, if you want to play soccer on the field, you got to do well in school. Yep. Soccer is what we what we love to uh, play in Liberia. So it's like if you take away soccer from kids, I mean, it's just it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. And at that point, you got the best soccer going on because these yeah. kids, are, they're getting balls, they're getting bibs, they got cones, they got coaches. That's like... Like I said earlier, that's like gold. So Absolutely. it's like, oh, I can't be a part of this if I don't go to school. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm going to school. I got to. But, so yeah. Oh yeah, continue. no, absolutely. As you said, though, right? And, and plus, when you incorporate soccer cleats too, oh man, these kids that go too. nuts in like in, in, yeah. in, in Liberia. But but if you if you get all those things on a, on a team, that will encourage you to want to go to school because you can know that if I go to school, I can come back and I mean, I have a, I have my own soccer cleats. I can play soccer. I have a bibs. I have a, you know, I have all these things. I have a soccer ball and I can get trained. I want to go to school and learn. That's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to school and learn and and come back after school and and train. So we was doing that for a few years. Um, And then we started incorporating education. And we started talking to more parents about what we try and do in Liberia as it relates to like the structure of what we try to imply with, within nation one. And, what we see, uh, like just the, what we project to our parents and also how the, because you have to approach the parent differently. You know what I'm saying? Like Africa is a little bit different. 
you know, because a lot of people believe that growing up in, in Africa, soccer was, you know, they usually say soccer is a grenade, like grenade ball sport, right? Yeah. It's a saying, like, Grenade. That's gangster. It's a, yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a gangster sport, right? Yeah. It's like, no, it's too, gr- too grenade, so and no like one you, else can you play. Said, you said earlier, you know, you playing in the streets, some of the best kids were the ones that the didn't go to school. You yes, know, sir. they just, they just in the streets playing. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of parents were like, no, you can't be in the streets with, with all the grown up people. You got to yeah. go to school. It was one or the other. Yes. And I think you coming in and you talking to the parents, especially being in America where, Sports in school are so intertwined. It's yes. like you're a student athlete. It's yeah. like you got to have good grades to play. I love that you incorporated that and took that with you to Liberia because then you're explaining like, no, this isn't just uh, us playing. It's like you want your kids to get an education. I want them to get an education too, but you can do both. You don't have yeah. to to pick one over the other. You know? Yeah, and that, and that's and that's one of the things that we had to. Um, we actually had to talk to each parent individually. Like it was like 37 kids that we, we, we kind of recruited at, at that point. And I, we, I literally moved from house to house talking to parents. This is what we're trying to do. You know, make them understand that when you have your son is coming for practice, he's come to train with us. He's coming to get coached. He's coming to get empowered. You know, um, he's going to come get a soccer cleats and we, he's going to go back home. Uh, and these are, these are some of the things that we were, we were kind of implying to the parents you know, and have the trust, you know, and we felt that like it would have been much more organic if we could have the, the trust of the parents because at the end of the day, though, they have the leverage to allow the, their kids to go for practice or not, you know. But when we kind of imply um, it's more of an educational thing, though, they saw a little bit of logic in that and they felt that, okay, well, well I have to, if if he goes to school and he does well, I'm, I'm going to reward him with playing soccer. And the kids didn't knew that man, wherever I go, if I can get a jersey, if I can get a soccer cleats, man, I'm, I will be the happiest person ever. And I mean, as I, as I said earlier, you know, my entire life in Africa, I know was soccer cleats. Yeah. Um. When I when I got to the U.S., that's when I, I started figuring out what soccer cleats was and how you know how to wear it and and, and you know play style playing. I know you you put on your feet. You know, you were on your feet, but then, you know, we never had an opportunity to get some of those things in Liberia. So, I mean, getting those things now for these kids, they are excited. They want to play soccer and they're much more energized and motivated to play football. So, I mean, that was easy for me. So let's go. Let's go back a little bit. So you start a community. You start a team in your community. Mm hmm. You, the team is growing. You're back in America. You're sending equipment to to these kids that are now have equipment and are getting trained and just playing. Then you decide to incorporate education and facilitate their education and, and mentorship in this group of kids that you've taken responsibility over. Mm-hmm. Um, this this show is called Africa Abroad. Africa Abroad. Because we like to highlight the players that left like left Africa and have gotten opportunities in other places in the world. Um, and that usually happens for pro players, but mm-hmm. you, because you work with kids, you've have a couple of kids that have gotten opportunities to continue their education mm-hmm. outside of Liberia and not only in America, but in some of the best schools in America. Yeah. So now I want to shift and talk about who was the first nation one Academy kid that got an opportunity abroad and how did that happen? So, um, 
so prior to us, prior, prior to us getting our first kid, so we kind of realized at a certain point that we were trying to have our kids at a location. Um, and so we decided, we decided as a team to rent a compound because at that time, you know, we didn't have any land to start our process of building something. So we, we, we rent kind of like release a compound for like, you know, for a few years and we have our kids stay in those compound. And our first kid, I remember, you know, the kid having a very incredible story. Um, but we, we met him playing. He was one of the kids that, that got recruited. Okay. And, you know, we did a lot of, we did our due diligence on this kid as well. Um, we knew the school he went to. We knew his parents. We knew um, his abilities, not on the pitch, but also in school. Because, you know, giving kids the opportunity through our pathway program, though, you know, is not just soccer, soccer, soccer. It's a hundred percent education because, you know, you cannot being a student athlete here in the U.S., you know, that entails a lot. Having the responsibility of just being uh, responsible on your own to know what needs to be done. And mind you, these kids are coming in, going to gym boarding school. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a little bit difficult. You know, there's a shift and change in culture. And also, you know, leaving your family or what have you. So our first kid I left from Liberia, his name was Milton Jones. Shout out to Milton. What's up? Milton. So Milton was the first kid. Uh, <laughs> Milton was the first kid though that left through our pathway program. Okay. Um, so talk about talk about Milton. Where where did you find where did you find man, Milton from, and and how did he get down with Nation One, and then how how was he the first one to leave when you've had thirty something kids, and yeah. what did you see in him to to for him to move forward with this opportunity, and well, where is he at now? Yeah, so I mean, Milton, you know, his case is very incredible. Um, he has a very incredible story. Um, you, you know, a lot of what has happened, you know, throughout his career as well. Not in Korea, his life. You How know. old is Milton? Milton, right now, he's fifteen. Okay. Um, when he when he when when Milton arrived in the U.S., I think he was he, he was thirteen years old. He was twelve, going to thirteen. Um, and he can, you know, he was in seventh grade. Um, we recruited Milton um, in the EIW area um, in one of the slums. Um, at that time, he was li- at that time he was far away from. He was living in Kingrid. He wasn't living in Kingrid. I think his parents had just moved from Kingrid to another location, what have you. Um, but um, but yeah. So when I when we got him, he wasn't in, he wasn't living in Kingrid. Later on, his parents moved back um, back to Kingrid. But you know, when we got him, we sat down with his mom. Talk to his mom, stand up with his father, talk to his father, and they are great, great individual. Like, you know, they, you know, Mr. Jones is, he's such an incredible man. And, and you know, and um, his mother passed away as well. And, you know, while he was here. And that was my, that was my mom too. You know, she, she was a very strong, like strong and firm mother, you know, yeah. really kind of, you know, I, I met her once. Yeah, you yeah, know, really, really put it down, Milton. You know, but she she loved Milton. Yeah. Uh, I think, and you know, she was his number one supporter. Mm-hmm. I mean, she used to watch. She used to go to some of his games when he was young, and you know, as the story goes, like fight people who like because Milton was young when he was doing 
from the things he was doing. Yeah. And he was playing uh, playing against people that was older than him. Mm-hmm. So his mom used to go in the field and kind of, you know, if you file him, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> her son, yeah, you, 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 you file him too hard, she would get on the field and, 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 and kind of fight, you know, fight you, man. Listen, calm down. You know, he's a little kid, but he was an incredible kid. Mm-hmm. Um and and, and 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 you know so he was the first kid that came from our academy. We could have Milton, you know, had to mentor him, had to make sure that, you know, it was the right thing f- for us to send Milton being our first kid. So he was he was in our, uh, he he was in our, our um our home, where we mentor him, preparing him to come to us um and then he was the first kid though that left um liberia through our pathway program and then where did he go when he got here so when he uh when he left liberia he um he went to phase school that's okay. in boston one of the i mean phase is is phase school is one of the incredible gym boarding school um i mean top notch education they really, really prepare these kids for college, man. How it's, did you get connected with Faith School to, to for Milton to go to Faith School? So at that time, I had one of my mentors, uh, Chris Chris Gandhi. He's um, you know, someone I confide within, and he's you know he he's been um, very instrumental as as it relates to boarding school because you know doing this in Liberia, trying doing my homework on okay, what what do we need to do, mm-hmm. and how can we come up with these ideas of bringing these kids here? I reach out to him and he's Liberian playing the MLS for, you know, for a very long time playing Europe for a very long time. Um, so we realized that, you you know, when they saw Milton, um, highlight, you know, everyone was, uh, you know, everyone was shocked to see this type of kid doing what he was doing in Liberia without any training or anything like that. Like, you know, without any great coach on empowering other, this is what you do. You know, this is how you move. And, you know, he was just a gift, you know, at, at, at his age in Liberia. So, you know, we all fought for it. And they, you know, that's the first kid that came. So it was difficult at that moment for people to kind of realize, you know, young men like myself, you know, trying to bring kids from Liberia. And by the way, at that time, and not even at that time, since now, like Nation One is the first foundation in Liberia that has ever giving Liberian kids, multiple Liberian kids, opportunity to come here to study abroad. There has been no academy in Liberia that have gave, like, we give almost like eight kids opportunity, boarding kids opportunity to come here and study. There's no academy in Liberia that have done that. So we, I mean, that's, that, that is something that is such an incredible thing because we invest a lot more in our kids and just giving them the opportunity. Like, you know, you don't have to come from South Africa. You don't have to come from Nigeria. You don't have to come from Liberia. You know, come to Liberia. We have kids who are capable, though, of being great. All they need is just the opportunity. And and that's it's true because, you know, people sleep on Liberia. Yeah. And... All all these kids need is the opportunity because Milton got here, mm-hmm. and what has Milton been doing since then? Milton was at Faith School and was student ambassador for yeah. diversity, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know all the teachers love him. And I'm not even talking about what he did on the field no. because he's won a national championship. Yeah, you know playing best club U15 soccer, playing the country, best U15 in the country. Like he 
he came through and dominated, and it wasn't easy for him. Mm-hmm. But he was re- he was resilient, absolutely, and he wanted to work hard. And he's he had been through so much beforehand. Where I spoke about, like I said, I grew up here. I took stuff for granted. Milton's not coming here taking anything for granted because he knows what life is like without it. And he knows that he has to do the right thing to stay in this life with it. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's just taking that and, and, you know, going to the next level, you know, he was at Faye school. That's a junior boarding school. Mm -hmm. So now he's, he's what he's in the ninth grade. Yeah. He he's in the ninth grade right now. So after Faye school, he was there for three years, got, got another scholarship to, to, uh, to a secondary school. Mm Mm-hmm. Nah, secondary school is for ninth to twelfth grade. So it's like is is another boarding school as well. Um, and I remember when he was coming from school, he had so much opportunity to go to any boarding school he wanted. Yeah. What school moment. did What school did he choose? Man, he chose Berkshire. Berkshire School. Okay. Um, the powerhouse for soccer. Great education as well. Great people over there as well. They are incredible. Incredible school. Yeah. Um, but he chose Berkshire because he felt like it was you know it was somewhat close to Faye. You know, because he's been in that community for such a long time, and he felt, you know, he, you know, he had opportunity to excel and be the best um, person he could be. You know, and we felt that was that was something though that would have helped in the long run. So, you know, being at Faye, we felt out. I mean, moving from Faye to Berkshire, we felt that it was something that would uh, help him in the long run, as far as you know what he was trying to accomplish as a, you know, as a young kid from Africa. Okay, so Milton was the first. Yeah. So, but I mean, a lot, a lot more have oh, have yeah. come after Milton, and yeah. I guess Milton was kind of like the tra- trailblazer oh, because yeah. he led the way, and he went to face school and he did his thing, and and now you can show like, hey, you know, we got one kid here, and he's amazing in the community. He's everyone's friends. He's every he's nice to everybody. Uh, you know, he's getting good grades, and he's accomplishing thing on the field. So people are like, oh, okay, so we'll. We'll give you more chances. Yeah. Yeah, we got more opportunities, and not just at Faith School, but you have partnerships with other boarding schools, like other boarding schools and yeah. academies around here. So, who who else who else did you did you get over and here? I think you know after that, though, after Milton, you know when he came in, he did such an incredible job. You know, um, being a young man, you know, leading his family from from Liberia, and then. Just being the U.S., that is a culture shock right there on Absolutely. its own. And, you know, coming for just school and, 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 and soccer-wise, though, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm very much thankful for, you know, the, the community at Faith School um, for the opportunity that they they believed in, in our foundation. They believed that, you know, that this kid was deserving of the opportunity. And for me, I knew that, once the first chance is given, it was going to be a lot more. Yeah. Because we we understand, we kind of prepare our kids for these opportunities. You know, when you come here, stay focused, learn, be the best person you can possibly be. You know, be great, be, be good to people. Stay focused, know why you are here. Um, you know, one thing I've learned in life is, you know, if, if you, you know, the way to know, the way to move forward is knowing where you're from. Mm. Because I, I realize sometimes, you know, if you don't know where you're from, you know, as you move forward, though, you will settle for whatever. Mm. Um, but if you know where you're from, sometimes, though, that kind of keep you in alignment with your with your goal, with your vision. So um, they we, we 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 teach them all these things in Liberia that, you know, stay focused because with the level of poverty in Liberia, though, most of these kids are not coming from a 
incredible home. Yeah. Uh, they are coming from, you know, their, you know, their, in their families and communities is underprivileged, is under, um, privileged kids. Yeah. And, and it's easy, especially speaking to that, mm-hmm. it would be easy for them to think that they made it yeah. by, by just coming to America. Yeah. So, you know, you're 14 years old and now you're in America and you, you know, you got, you're in these communities in the Northeast where the wealth level is high. So you've got friends whose parents have Lamborghinis and and friends got a 60 inch TV in their room. You think you've made it because you didn't have this in Liberia. So for, for people who've been in America our you know, our goal is to get success when you're an adult and have your own money for them. It's like, no, I made it out of poverty. I, I I eat five times a day, which I used to only eat once mm-hmm. a day or maybe once every other day. Yeah. I'm eating whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. It's It would be so easy for them to feel like they've made it. And, and the truth is you haven't accomplished anything yet yes, because sir. you're still a kid. You're still in high school. There's still work to be done. And you haven't set up enough of a foundation to say that this all can't be taken away from you because it can be. Yeah. So it's great to hear you talk about the training and the teaching that you give these kids and mentor them in in Liberia to say, Hey, even when you get this opportunity in, in, in wherever you go to get this opportunity, that's not the end of it. You still have to get there and perform and you think it's sweet, but it's not going to be easy. You have to work hard to keep it because it can all be taken away. So it's great to hear that that's, you know, really what y'all are out there preaching to these kids. And and it's important too, though, because um, from the life, most of these kids have though, you know, and from where they're coming from though, it's difficult um, to eat, to even eat two times a day. Yeah. You know, we, you've seen it, you know, we, we, we've been in places where, you know, these kids probably eat one time a day, uh, if even eating, you, you yeah. know, but I think, and one thing that we always try and tell them in Liberia is that, you know, you, with opportunity comes a lot of pressure, but with opportunity comes the ability to be a good person. Um, you can change a, your life. Um, so we prepare them for that. Come here, gain education. Well, you're not just going to a public school. You're going to a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a distinguish within education, you know, within the education sector. You know, private school education, you know, at most of these boarding schools is very high. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it's they really, really prepare these kids for college, mm-hmm. these boarding schools. I'm pretty, there's some, some other public schools in different areas um, in different community in the U.S. that I'm pretty sure that has a great um, uplift and, and have a great educational uh, um, system. But the boarding school, man, they really prepare these kids for. Uh, and phase school, I mean, I mean, it's one of the prestigious boarding schools in the country. Yeah. So, you know, they was pretty, pretty good. So um, list out, list I want to just shout out all of the nation one kids that uh, are a part of the pathway program that mm-hmm. have made it, you know, from Liberia and are doing uh, different things in, in America. I want you to just list out their names and where they're at. And we're just going to shout them out real quick and then we're going to keep moving forward. So just yeah, go ahead. So we start, have, with, start with Milton. So we have Milton Jones right now at um, uh, Brookshire school. Yep. Shout out we to Milton. have Amos Dibba. At uh, Blair Academy up in New Jersey, famous Amos. What's good? Yeah, we have a uh, uh, Alfred Deba, who, 
who um he goes to Eagle Brook School up in Ma- uh, in Massachusetts right hey, now. Hey Alfred, what's up, man? We have a uh, 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 um Lawrence Taylor. Who um who is in a Westminster school? Pass up, yeah, great kid, great kid. We have Hamza Kroman, who is also right now in uh, IMS. School. Hamza, what's good? That's my guy. Yeah, you know, have, you know, that's yeah, my guy. Oh, that's your guy. <laughs> Hamza, Hamza is, guy, is your man. guy, man. Uh, we have Cyrus and Julia's. Okay, um, Cyrus, who is doing great things right now. Uh, in his, in, in college, he's doing extremely well. Where yep. he is, where's um, where's Cyrus at? In Lindsay college? Wilson, right now. Lindsay Wilson, college. Um, Shout out to Cyrus. We have Julius Williams. Who bruh. is doing extremely well? Julius is balling, bro. I watched it. I, he got I, Player of the Week last week, and then trick. this week he had a hat trick. I was like, I bro, was, you got Player of the Week yeah. last week off of one goal. What they gonna do this week? I you know, had a hat right. trick, man. I, man. I, and I actually watched the game too, man. He played exceptionally well. Where's he, Where's Julius at? Julia goes to a. Uh, I'm not too sure his school, but it's like I, think, uh, I forgot the name of it. LSU but. something. LSU Louisiana something. State something. Yeah, Louisiana uh, State something. We'll figure yeah. it out. And, but yeah. shout out to Julius. Julius, yeah, you know, Julius is a great guy. Very who, who smart else guy you got? as well. Is that, is that it? Yeah, that's that, that's it for right now. We have more kids coming this year as well, but no, that's the secret. We don't want to say much about. Yeah, we're gonna talk, about, talk that much about that. But we have like three more Arsenal coming. Ooh, okay, but, uh, so we, that we, that kind of leads me to to my next segment. You know, we talked we talked about your life. Uh, and your journey to get to where you at yes, now. Sir. We yes, talked sir. about the great things that you're doing with yes, Nation sir. One now, but um, 2020 was a was a tough year for everyone, for the whole world. You know, COVID hit and everything kind of just got frozen. We couldn't really move like that, so you didn't really go to Liberia as much as you normally do. But like I said earlier, you just got back from Liberia literally like a week or two ago. Yeah. We were texting ago, when yeah. you got back and you said, man, things are going great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's running like a well-oiled machine. And that's Absolutely. one thing that we always talked about Absolutely. is just getting, getting the machine running and going. Yes, so sir. Yes, sir. now I need you to act like there's no cameras here. I need yeah. you to act like there's no <laughs> mic here. This is me and you talking. Yo, no. Tell me about Absolutely. your trip and what, and what went down. I mean, and if it's, some if it's some exclusive stuff that we can't yeah. share, no, I'll no, cut it out. I'll it, cut it out later. Yeah, Don't worry. No, but, but just I want to hear about this most recent trip to to Liberia and what happened and what man, you did. But first of all, obviously it's, it's unfortunate. This whole COVID, man. Um, yeah, you know a lot of people lost their lives here as well in the U.S. And um, you know it's always difficult though. COVID hit when COVID hit last year, uh, twenty twenty. We I've actually planned on going to Liberia in uh, uh, it was in. February and March or what have you, when we start figuring out things wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, the last time I was in Liberia, prior to me going to Liberia uh, uh, this 2021, was, it was September of 2019. Um, when, I came, when I came back from Liberia, you know, I was knowing that everything was on, you know, everything was on coach, things were getting done. You know, when COVID hit, I mean, no one wasn't even traveling. Yeah. And, and it was that difficult. They shut They shut down. They weren't even letting people in for a second. Absolutely. And even, like, one of our kids, Alfred, came last year in um, set, September of 2020. 20, 20, 20, was it 2020? Yeah. No, it, no it, yeah, no, it came September of 2020. Yeah. Because it was during COVID, and that was, was difficult. COVID, yeah. And, I mean, it was such, it was a stressful 
uh, um, case for us because the fact that you even got a kid oh here during COVID and, and schools at this point didn't even know if they were going to be open for the that was you know COVID was all through spring semester yes, yes. now it's about to be fall new school year you would think that they like nah we're not really accepting yeah. no kids because you know COVID and, and digital learning and stuff but for Nation One to still like, oh no, nah, we we still got an opportunity for this kid in oh, the yeah. middle of a global pandemic. That's that's crazy. But yeah, so Alfred Alfred you know, came. Alfred came, and 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 it, I mean, it, it was difficult because you know, like obviously the embassy in Liberia wasn't ready, like allowing anyone to travel out the country. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you were at, at that point. Um, but you know, we we spoke to school. Um, we spoke. You know, we got back and forth with the embassy or what have you. And, and later on, they. Um, they they start allowing people, not just our kid, but the few people that left from from Liberia. Our kid was included within in, within that numbers. Um, but um, you know that opportunity was always there, and we just believed that you know it was the right time, and the school kept that opportunity opportunity for Alfred. And and Alfred is such an incredible young man as well. His story is incredible, and good thing about Alfred, man, I'm so. Yo, this kid is so smart, man. His first year here, all A's. <laughs> I mean, uh, how is it possible? All but then, A's at a boarding school. All man. A's at a boarding at a, school. At a boarding at a private boarding As school a private in boarding Northeast school. United States, where things supposed where, to be difficult. Where the best, the best education in the country, the all, like number one state for education. He goes from a third world country, country, one of the poorest countries in the world, and most of these kids that come, it takes them a semester or two, like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get it together eventually, which, you know, like we said, Milton and Hobbs, they got it together Absolutely. and they rolling now, but first semester, first semester. you making straight A's? And that, that's how, from that, I know that his skills, he, he, you know, he's determined, he's focused, um, and he know where he's from. Like, and it always goes back to knowing where you're from, because knowing you're from would give you a platform where you're going. And he 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 knows that. And I was so shocked. Um, I wasn't shocked because of the job that we're doing, like Bureau as far as preparing them. But usually though, not not everyone Alfred is the first kid I that, that, that ever came to the US and had an all A's yeah. during the fall semester. Yeah. That is just that you know you can't compromise that. Yeah. So he's a very very smart young man, man. Alfred he's doing extremely well in school, and you know, and he's he's in eighth grade, have so much opportunity as far as secondary schools, and I mean he's this I mean he's like a Ivy League school brain. Yeah. To be honest with you, but he's a, such a great kid. Yeah. All right. So you just just went to Liberia. Let's talk. So let's talk Liberia. about Liberia. Yes. Yes. Liberia trip was uh it was incredible. Um, you know, I mean it's always refreshing going back home. Because I feel like um, when you do when you do go back home, it's it keep you in alignment of okay, don't lose focus or don't lose um, uh, focus of the purpose of which you are here. Yeah. Um. And when I go back home, I always realize that listen, man, I have to stay focused because now we we have our own we we have our own facility, our own compound where this kid lives. Um transportation of practice so we have almost like 12 or 13 people working at a, at the facility coaches um drivers um you know culinary uh, uh um instructors you know people just to teach them also we have a cook that works as well and security so we we've employed a lot of people in liberia as well so we are giving jobs to liberians to uh, 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 I hit the, hit the, the air button. horn for that yeah. hit the applause <laughs> 
Because yeah. em- employing employing people is one of the main goals I have. One of the main goals I have for Susu, yeah. and it's like yeah. it's it's a great it's a byproduct. That wasn't even your main goal. You was trying to get to the kids, yeah. And you gave these opportunity to the kids, and now you're providing opportunity to adults that yeah. are also looking for opportunities as Absolutely. well. Because opportunities are hard to come by in Liberia, but you're providing them. And as you continue to grow, it's like, Oh, I got more jobs. You know, you spoke about, you hired two people at first, you know, and it wasn't even hired. It was just like, Hey, my man, can you do this for me? Let's be in it. You know, it's kind of like a verbal agreement, but now you got a whole crew of people on the payroll that they eat in and they can provide for For their their families because they're down with nation one. So that's dope. But anyway, continue. I'm yeah, sorry. No, I'm going to stop interrupting. No, you. no, you, you're good, bro. Because you, you, you know what's going on. But yeah, so, you know, providing those opportunities for those folks, man, is incredible uh, for me, to be honest with you. Because it's like, oh, it's, tr- it's also trying to give back. Yeah. Uh, and then these kids, you know, they really, really do take care of these kids. Um, our employees are, are some of the best folks in Liberia. And, you know, as we, as we expand, you know, we, we tend to keep them because they are committed so much of their time and effort to propel the foundation uh, through their works. So we, we, we tend to con- continue doing that. But it was an incredible trip, man, just seeing the kids again. Yeah. Um, it's been almost a year I haven't seen them. So seeing the kids for, you know, the, you know last month, for me, it was, it was great. You know, I didn't, no one knew I was coming. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't like, tell no I one. Like I told you that. Like I, I told that, you yeah. that I wasn't gonna tell no one. But uh, I just I remember I just show showed up at, at practice. Yeah. Aaron was like, "Oh man, CEO is here. CEO is here." So they, they called me CEO. I don't know yeah. why they call me CEO. Because <laughs> uh, you the boss, man. You the yeah, CEO. Man. Yeah. They call me Mister Octavio or Mister Tao or you know. But nah. they, they call me in in I don't know. It's the training too. What they get in Liberia as yeah. well. But uh, yeah. So everyone was shocked. Yeah. Told me you know I took the back row, walked in. Aaron was like. You know, that kind of motivated them more. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like, you know, whenever that, that I'm there and wherever we took, we take guests in Liberia, they are so much motivated to to be great people, to to do the best they possibly can to be great. Because yeah. at the end of the day... To show off what they've learned. Absolutely. It's just about opportunities. And, and if, if great people are coming and talking to them and trying to empower them, though... Um, it it, it it allows you to understand a sense of belonging and it allows you to understand the importance of opportunity and you learn from these kids as well. Um, I learn so much from them when I'm in Liberia, you know, as much as they learn from me, I learn from them too as well. And I always try to talk with them and see how they're doing or how your family's doing, you know what I'm saying, how they're doing in school. So I ask all these questions individually to understand what their minds are because if if they if they do get an opportunity to come here, they want to make sure they are ready mentally to mm-hmm. to for the challenge that lies ahead. Yeah, you know. But it was an incredible trip this time. Went back there, we was able to um, take two vans. So now, what do you uh, mean? What do you wait? Wait, what do you yeah, mean? Man, take, what do you mean? Take two vans? So it's crazy because one of the scr- struggle we've had in Liberia is we have too many kids. Okay, but we only had a van. We only had one van that was in Liberia, and it wasn't. We have almost like 30 people f- within one van. Okay. So that was a struggle. 13, 13 passenger 13 van with, pas- with yeah, 13 30 passenger people. Yeah, <laughs> 13 passenger van. With 30 with passengers. 30 yeah. <laughs> so you have people doubling up and all that. Yeah. So, um, but this time around, you know, it, it was a blessing um, to uh, to send a two van. So when we got there. So you bought two vans here. We got two van uh, 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 from the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
And we felt that it was right to um to do a little bit more uh, to kind of give back because we knew the struggle was was just the transportation wise. Yeah. So now with with thirty plus kids, I mean thirty thirty kids cannot fit in one van, no. and that's the struggle that was going through before making two trips sometimes. So now we have, I mean, like fifteen seater van, two of them. So now y'all have a total of three vans or have, two? No, we have a total of three vans so now. So you had so, one van. Absolutely. And on this trip, you took two vans yeah. with you. So now your academy has three I vans. three vans. And academies in Liberia, they, they usually have how many vans? Man, I don't even think academy <laughs> have any vans in Liberia. I don't even think some of the pro teams have vans, have vans in Liberia. Right? And you no. got you got the academy with three vans. Three vans. And, wow. And it's been, it's been such an incredible thing, though, because... Um, there was a massive need for a van yeah. because we had no more have increased. Um, but then the, the the issue was transportation now. Now we're making like two trips, multiple trips sometimes going for practices. So now with the two vans, it helps a whole lot now. I mean, with three vans, with the you know with the two we took and plus the one that we already have now we, I mean we can go up to fifty people if we want if we, if we choose to right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean it's 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 such an incredible thing to know that we have multiple transportation in Liberia to kind of take these kids from back and forth for practice games and back to school. One thing that I really admire about nation one is that. So most times in Africa, people, people know people rape Africa. People yeah. come and just get raw resources from Africa and then make other stuff, you know, like, Chocolate is one of the biggest things in the world And Liberia has a bunch of I mean not Liberia Africa has a bunch of cocoa Which is the raw material Why don't we have the biggest chocolate companies in the world You yeah, know And yeah. then Starbucks is you know Big coffee company Africa has you know All the coffee beans and stuff like that Why don't we have the biggest coffee company in the world yeah. And even the athletes Like we have the raw talent We have the raw minerals to create stuff but then we don't we export that stuff and create it uh, or, or it's created elsewhere instead of creating it on our own on our homeland. So some people could say with what you're doing and with your pathway program, you're exporting, which you are. But that's not the main part of Nation One Academy. Mm -hmm. You're super focused on building something amazing in Liberia. Absolutely. And making sure that, yeah. Milton is at uh you know Berkshire, which is one of the best schools in America. But he's I want him to get the same education as the kids in Liberia are getting, because and they're just getting it here, you know. So it's like you're still creating opportunities in Liberia and building up the the kids that are staying in Liberia aren't getting a worse opportunity no. than the kids that go abroad. Absolutely. They actually might have it better because Absolutely. they have a such a a great community that's you've built around them that they wouldn't have, you know, just in a normal experience. So that's one thing that I really admire about nation one is that you're not just exporting the talent. You're actually cultivating a new system and a new paradigm in Liberia to where this greatness can be expected in Liberia. Liberia you yeah. don't have to leave Liberia to, to achieve your greatness, you yeah. know? So hearing about, you got the the house where all the kids are living, which I've been blessed to go and visit that and seeing all the bunk beds. And, you know, you got the three vans that are transporting the kids to and from practice and stuff like that. Like that's 
that's major yeah. in Liberia. So it's not just like, oh, I'm just finding kids yeah. off the street and I'm sending them oh, no. across because that happens a lot in Africa, which yes, is yes, like, yes. which is why I set up this platform and I want to talk to a lot of these guys that have gone abroad because when you hear the stories of these people that have gone abroad, they a lot of them have gotten exploited. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. soccer is a big money business. So it's like, Oh, well, I see you're talented. I'm going to see how much money I can get for you over here. And that's not at all what you're doing. You know, you actually care about these kids lives and like, you know, Nation One is new and you started off pretty young. So we don't have any kids right now that are like 18, 19 and have reached like college age and stuff like that. But it's going to be exciting to see when when your group of kids are like 20 and it's like. What all are they going to do? Some are going to go to college. Some are going to play pro. Some are going to do this. Some are going to open businesses. Some are, like it's going to be exciting to see because they have a foundation that a lot of generations in Liberia have never had yeah. before. To say I've got ten years of like this high quality education and high quality training that's that's next level for sure. But no, you're right. You're right. I think it's important too because what we're trying like we we trying. The story that we're trying, that we're looking to, to uh, the, the story that we're trying to um, put out there in Liberia is that you don't have to get out of Liberia to be great. Yeah. You know, even some of our kids, it's like the experience that yeah. they're getting at the academy, though, that, you know, wherever they go, they can take that with them. Yeah. And the goal is to come back, too. Yeah, that's another absolutely. thing we're teaching. If you go out and get all this knowledge, bring it back. Absolutely. And that's what we emphasize that a whole lot. Even the kids that made it through the pathway program, because it's two-way thing. The school have to be willing to understand their, their capacity of education to have them, you know, to to uh, kind of provide a scholarship for them and they and they also had to be a great soccer player too but education is the most important part of it yeah but I mean the experience though is in Liberia because these kids are it's a bond that, that they are formed in Liberia at a facility where you know like they are brothers so wherever they go you know they have that that our relationship already built and even the kids that are here they're in communication with the kids over there as well yeah so the experience is in Liberia. It's like, you know, okay, you can go to school uh, 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 in uh, with Nation One Academy. You, you can go to school, have a great education um, through through Nation One Academy and still be able to do great things in Liberia. Yeah. And most of the kids who do leave Liberia and come here, they are going back home to do something for Liberia and, and to help empower the country, um, uh, uh, work in different sectors or do something that's going to help them uh, propel the economy or uh, 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 help improve Liberia yeah. in, in, in so many ways. So is you don't have to come to the U.S. to have the opportunity to be great in Liberia. You can also be in Liberia and understand if I focus, if I work hard, if, I, if I'm determined and, and persevere my, my effort and keep working on it, I can be great. Yeah. Even in Liberia, there's so many people that have, you know, so many lawyers and doctors who have become who became successful in Liberia. Yeah. So you don't have to come out sometimes to be, all right, when I come out, I'm going to be this, you know, I'm going to be this big. You can start in your country and just know why you're doing it. Yeah. All right. So this trip, you took two vans, which was amazing. Yeah. Tell me what, what else went down on this trip. Man, I'm it, so it, mad. I didn't get to go with you. I know, anyway, man, I know, <laughs> but we, we go this year though. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, for sure. But no, it was good, man. Game, going back home, man, it, it was, it was, you know, after it's been a year or so, went back home, saw the kids and, and you know, 
And it's crazy because in Liberia now, the FA, LFA, uh, Liberia Football Federation is up mm-hmm. there doing an incredible job. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, shout out, to, shout out to the FA because they're definitely making moves out there. Yeah. I've, I've actually noticed it, and I'm really happy with the progress that's being made. Oh, but but anyway, go ahead. They, they, you know, the president himself is is doing an incredible job. You know, the uh, Liberia um, Football Federation, you know, you know, I think he is uh, the president um He's he's doing an incredible Mustafa Raji. Mustafa he's Raji. Doing, yeah, he's he's an incredible person. Um, so, shout out to Mr. Raji. Great, yeah, he's he's doing an incredible job within that sector within you know football and uh, you know academy and things like that. Yeah. So they they I think they have been, youth football, girls youth football. football. They oh they're God. really like, they're ready, really on it, man. They are really on the map now. Uh, um, doing great things. Now they have a U sixteens, you have U eighteens, the coaches, the girls, you know the 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 female teams having the opportunity to travel out the country and play against some of the, you know, some of the great Africans, uh, country as well. You know, so I, for me, I think, you know, it's an incredible thing that now football is getting big in Liberia, which it, it, it create a platform of, of, you know, just telling your story. And that's how people, people play soccer, just telling the story, telling the passion they have for the game. It's yeah. just, you know, it's always, you know, they feel comfortable and that's what it is. You know, soccer, when you play, you gotta be, you gotta feel comfortable and gotta be confident, and I feel like sometimes it's and it's an opportunity to play a sport, and now it's getting bigger in Liberia. So that's you know, Mustafa, Mustafa Raji is doing an incredible job as it relates to soccer in Liberia. Yeah. So what else did you get to do? You popped up on practice. Pop on pop uh, popped up on practice. Uh, met the kids. They were all excited. You know, we talked, and then we went back to the house, went back to our facility where you know we had a little. Meeting and just I, I spoke with these kids. I took a whole month to kind, you know, try empower them, talk with them, let them know, you know, the expectation for the twenty twenty uh twenty one year, and, and what their expectation were as it relates to school, as it relates to soccer, and you know, talk to them, trying to empower them, mentor them a lot of ways. They had opportunity to ask me a few questions. And so, I mean, like, like I always do when I go back Liberia, and I know now, I mean, this year what they were trying to do in the, the, um, the Liberia Football Federation now, they are trying to vet uh, soccer academies now, and they want to, you know, um, they said there's a certain criteria that you have to fall under, yeah, um, to be um, considered, to be considered a legitified of academy if mm-hmm. you go, you know, it's there's different levels. Um, so they came at our location. They came to our facility, checked it out, and I mean, we did great. Of course, uh, from my from my knowledge, and um, you know, to, to check our soccer field, to see our van, to see what our kids are doing. They're in school. Um, they, you know, they they understand, and they you know they 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 did do diligence as far as who we are, and I'm pretty sure they did that for almost every academy in Liberia. But it's not too many academies are going to be considered because just based of the, you know, that certain criteria you got to have to be under um, what they are, what they do consider to be an academy in Liberia. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, and, and it was just, you know, it was just incredible being back home and the kids themselves was, for me, it's always, you know, we have more kids now. We have, you know, we, we, we had, a, we opened our home to like at least four more kids mm-hmm. um, now that we, you know, we touch now almost like ten different counties in Liberia, hmm. representing kids from all those ten counties. There's more counties, but for now we only have ten counties represented. Yeah, at the academy, which is I think that's a wonderful thing. That's a lot. Um, there's so much more we're looking to do. Uh, with I mean, we'll soon start building, doing yeah. our groundbreaking. So let's um let's let's get to that because yeah. 
you know, I just I just told you off off air that um, you know, this is one of my goals for Susu is yeah. you know to create this content and, and keep pushing Africa abroad, Africa abroad. Um, to interview more players and share the story of African athletes and <laughs> their journeys and you know just learning from their experiences and sharing that to the world so I can continue to shed light. Yeah. On, on people that need it and, and, and give opportunities to more so we can, you know, get going to what the next step is. So I want, let's, let's say short term, the next two years, what are some of your short term goals for Nation One Academy and where do you see Nation One Academy going in the next two years? And then I'll share some of my, Absolutely. my goals for the next two years. I, 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 we, we got it recorded. So we got to stick, right? stick so with we it. Have, you know? We have, you know, we have some sort of evidence exactly in a form of, uh, you know, realizing what we've said. Um, you know, my short term goal is just to right now this year, mm-hmm. um, continue to, strengthen our team in Liberia mm-hmm. um and have at least three more kids um that would that you know would have the opportunity to come here okay for schooling uh 2021 um you know with with things that's easy down a little bit as it relates to covid i mean it there's much more leverage that i feel a lot of these boarding school has and they're looking to give out as mm-hmm. well um, so, I mean, I just to strengthen our core, legitify nation one in Liberia as it relates to um, what we, you know, what we are doing uh, in Liberia as it relates to just, um, you know, being looked at as a soccer academy, which we are now. Yeah. Um, it's not just, we're not just, you know, grabbing random kids from, um, from the streets. We are actually um, recruiting these kids and these kids are living out at our facility for years before they even thing about coming here or so. Yeah. Um, so that's the short term goal. Just, just, just to strengthen our team, our key, our, our key component is continuing to uh, invest in our, 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 our workers and also, also just to make sure our kids are ready, um, you know, physically and also uh, mentally though with the opportunity given to them. Um, because be, that's our short term goal and that's what we're implying right now. Um, our long term goal within a year or two, we want to start our groundbreaking of building off uh, our um, our academy in Liberia, which entails of so much investment and, and as it relates to that. So I think now we have you like know, a legit we, campus type. Yeah, type. yeah, you know, because usually our academy, a soccer academy, though, as you look at the different academy in the world, you know, it's just a school. Um, Faced with, you know, there's always they have classes. The kids, the kids live at the facility, um, you know, and they, they don't have we don't have to transport them yeah. from school back. It's a one stop shop. So it's a one stop shop. Yeah, school and living Every, all in everything that is there. You, you know, I think at this point we've done so much in Liberia and we've um, provide so much opportunity now. But now we're looking at multitudes of more kids at a time helping almost 80 or 90 kids at a time instead of just helping 30 or 35, you know? So that's what we are looking at right now. And the, the long-term goal is just, as I said, just uh, to build. So we by, by 2021, the end of 2021, 2022, we're trying to do our groundbreaking as far as building something stable in Liberia uh, for the academy. Okay. Yeah. That's dope. And I know that's definitely going to happen. And uh, we got to record it, and we're going to listen back to it every day whenever we need motivation to keep it moving. Man, um, but I'm eager to, to, to kind of find out 
What's what's the what's Susu? I was just about to say, I mean, man, Susu, man. We it's been a roller coaster ride since I decided I wanted to start this thing, and you know everything always changes up and yeah. down. I want to do this, I want to do that, but um, I'm I'm feeling good about this thing right here. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you tell the story about how you started Nation One. You saw something that needed to happen, and you started it right there in that moment. Um, so I really want to stay consistent with this podcast for the next year at least one episode per week, yeah. no breaks, putting that out to kind of build up the foundation, the the base level of what Susu is. Um, but my, my goal that I have, and I'm going to put it, put this on for this year. You have to, I want to, I want to buy land yes. in Liberia, uh, at least like 10 acres just to kind of hold for like what the future plan is. But I got to put my first Susu soccer field in Liberia because that's going to be the Susu training center. Yeah. That's going to be multiple pitches and it's going to be, it's going to be a community center. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's going to be a private field that's run by Susu, but it, whatever community it's in, yeah, yeah. it belongs to the community. Absolutely. So all of these kids, like you said, that just play just whatever with no coach. All right. You can, you can come and play here on an, on a nice pitch and maybe I'll have some coaches there that can just maybe it's not super formal or official, but it's like, hey, I can give you tips. I can give you training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have, you know, Susu with the clothes. We'll have apparel there for you to play. So, OK, this jerseys for y'all to just run pickup games, uh, run clinics and stuff like that. I, I want that to be the the headquarters in Liberia yeah. is this first field. And, you know, I it's, it's like I was talking about earlier where you say. Oh, I wanna I wanna have this huge training facility and it's got yeah. 10 pitches and it's got a library and it's got a media center. That's the end goal. Yes. But yes. that doesn't mean I shouldn't do small things before Absolutely. I get to that. Absolutely. So I had to chop it up because that is the end goal. But the first the first main goal that I'd like to do for this year is put a turf pitch in Liberia. Yeah, that belongs to the community. So that's that, and that's been my goal for like Absolutely. two years, yeah. two three years now. Uh, but I, 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 I gotta make it happen. I can't just keep on. Just oh well, another year no passed. Way. It didn't happen. Maybe it'll happen this year. Like no, it it, it has to happen. And and I'm I'm going to make it happen. I so. think, I, and I think that your mind's in the right place, man. I think sometimes, you know, we 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 are we are we are very hard on ourselves sometimes as, as it relates to our goals. Um, you know, I th I don't think you can ever wait until something good happen before you start something. Like I think you have to start from the once there's a niche, you have to start from that yeah. point on. You Absolutely. have to roll out and you keep building on. Absolutely, and you can always add to it. You know what I'm saying? As well, once once Suzy is built, you can always add. You can always add layers. And that's the part that I don't get sometimes because it's like, and it's like people talk about. You know, it took me 12 years to be an overnight celebrity. And it's like these people that they say, oh, they blew up overnight. And it's like, no, you just became aware of them overnight. Sure. You didn't see, see the grind that Absolutely. they went through for 10, yes, 15, yes, yes. 20 years to get to becoming an overnight celebrity. And I know it's just human nature, but you see especially in the era of Instagram and social media, you see other people's stories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just because that's your first time seeing the story in your mind and in your universe, that's the beginning. 
but that's not the beginning. You yeah. know, they they grinded and they went through whatever they went through beforehand. Maybe they weren't publicizing it. Maybe they were ashamed of it. Maybe they weren't putting it out there for the world to see. But it's still something that they had to go through, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like we all just have to pick a good starting point and make it happen. You know, yeah. I've, I've worked with you for three or four years. Yeah. I didn't know that, that that's how nation one started. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. And it's like, wow, had I known that maybe I would have felt more confident about the way right. I would start yeah. because you didn't start with the, Oh, I got three vans and I got a house and I got 30 yeah. kids and from representing 10 counties and I got eight kids abroad. It's like, no, I started with a group of kids that, you know, needed some organization to Absolutely. their team. So yeah. I organized them. That's such humble beginnings and everything has to start like that. Yeah. It has to. You can't skip steps as much as you want to skip steps. You can't. You can't. So and I, I always try to skip steps and I'm like, nah, I can't. I can't skip steps. You know, I'm I'm over here calculating budgets of like, yeah. OK, for what I want to build, it's going to be five million dollars. I bet. How can I get five million dollars? Yeah. It's like that's not real, bro. Like you trying to figure out how to get five million. Why not figure out how to get a hundred thousand first? Yes, yes. And then do something good with that hundred thousand. And now the machine's running because guess what? When I get a field in Liberia, now I can create more content. content yeah. This is the beginning of the content yeah. because we're in my house right now. Yeah. And this is the low-hanging fruit that I can grab. But when there's a field that I own. Now I'm creating all these different, Absolutely. you know, content that we've always been talking about yeah. and put that out there. And now there's more tools to even grow even more. And now that's when it really starts coming where you can really build it up, you know, but you got to start from somewhere. You, you got to start from ground zero. You have um, to. And, and, and I think that's one for me, though, Koda, is like that is one of the most important thing anyone can do. Yeah. Um. A dream is never, it doesn't come together. Yeah. Um, a dream is like a, a walking stride, right? You create it as you walk along. Mm -hmm. So I like I never imagined for me, like, okay, I'm just going to build Nation One. No, it's going to be, it's going, I have to persevere. I have to be consistent. I have to keep working. Well, I mean, and I, I just had to understand why, the why behind what I'm doing is. And that sometimes that if you don't want to do that, though, that kind of, uh, that, that enables you to just know why I have to get up and do it because you know that's a why. Yeah. Because, and I feel like, you know, the facility, though, Susu, and I know it can you can do this. It's not something that, you know, like I, we've always talked about. It's not something that we're doing right now. We're talking about this on, on you know, on, on your podcast now, but it's something that I've always told you, like, you know what I mean? You don't have to wait. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You only send the niche already. You don't have to wait to get any validation. You don't have to wait for anything. Start it off however. Yeah. Get the land. That's the first thing. Now, what are you going to do with it? Now, yeah. you, you try and get the turf. Get a turf. Exactly. Get multiple grass. It might be well. the land, and it's just a dirt pitch for the moment. For but sure. Get, get the land first. And then it's like, okay, but it's still a spot for people to come and play yes. and, and yes. get you. I see. I didn't even think yes. about that until you literally just said it. Yes. I'm thinking, all right, get the land, build the pitch. But like, Get the land first. So now instead of going from, oh, I need $5 million to build this facility and then going to, oh, I need 100000 yeah. to build a field. Now it's down to like, I need 20000 to buy 10 acres in Liberia, you know? And, and, and that's the that's the progression. Those are the steps, you know? And then the thing about it too, getting this land though, it's like, you know, you know, 
you don't have to put everything up. It's like you have to pay on it as well every every year. And if you have it, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's a great location that you can get as well. But I don't think, you know, always start it, you know what I'm saying? And then it doesn't it doesn't matter how the circumstance it is, but you start something and you just keep implementing. It's like when you try and build a facility, right? You build the first layer of it, the, the first part of it, and then you keep adding on to it. And I feel like, and that's that's the case because you can always add on to Susu. Yeah, you can always add something on to what you just built, and you just keep adding on until before you look. Within one year, your eyes are turning like, oh my god, because that's how it, that's how it feels, man. It feels like you might take twenty years to do something, but after it's done, it's like one year. Yeah, you know, or you might take five years to do something or ten years to do something. After you, after it is complete, it's like one year that you took to do all that. And you sitting there like reminiscing, oh man. I'm, I can't believe I'm here. You know yeah. what I mean? Though, because, I mean, it, time goes by so fast Absolutely. that before you even, with a t- twinkle of an eye, it's like, I'm already here already. So, I always believe that you got to start something. It doesn't matter how it looks. Start it and then know why. And that's, it's really like, especially about what you're talking about, it's like, you're your end goal is just a moment. Mm-hmm. It's one mm-hmm. moment. Like you said, boom, yeah. it happened. I got here and now it's over. What yeah. next? The, the real joy is in the journey. Absolutely. In the process that yes, it sir. took to get there. And you hear about that all the time. And I always have to remind myself of that because you get so caught up in that's my goal. That's my dream. I'm going to get there when I get there. But like you're going to miss all of the good part trying to get to the end. And then you get there and you're like, all right, what now? I made it to the top of the Absolutely. mountain. What? What sh- should yeah. I go back down? Do I, I just now I got to find the next mountain to climb. Absolutely, you know, yeah. and it's like, but you ignoring all of the fun parts of climbing the mountain to get to the top. Getting to the top isn't the fun part. the The action of getting there yeah. is the fun. The actual top is not. You know, um, yeah, man. This is a this is a great conversation, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we had this. We're gonna uh, we're gonna continue this offline just because I haven't talked to you in a minute. But yeah, 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 yeah. I like to. Um, well, I say I like to. Like I've been doing this, but that's cool. I'm, I, I like to end uh, each episode shouting out uh, somebody in the African football community, more so on the media side, different entities, okay. pages, and stuff like that. So for this being the first episode. I got to shout out my brother, Gustafas Carpe. Yes. Um, Liberian, Liberian players outside is the Facebook page, the Instagram page. Um, I met Gustafas around the same time I um, met yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A young kid. He was in high school. He's like 19. For a guy, man. He built up this, this platform called Liberian Players Outside where he's highlighting different Liberian athletes that are playing around the world. He's kind of the inspiration for the show. Um but he did all of this from a smartphone, no computer. Uh, he had to go to random cafes to get internet access, you know, and, and still in high school and pursuing his high school diploma at the time. He's graduated now. But the Liberian national team was bringing him in to scout players because he was finding players in Belgium and in Denmark. Like, hey, this player, his his mom is Liberian. His, his you know, mm-hmm. he has eligibility for Liberia. So, he did all of that in Liberia with no internet, with just a cell phone. And uh, I think he's sitting at like 15,000 followers now on Instagram, probably yeah. like 20,000 on Facebook. And he's got a lot of good um, ideas and content that's coming out this year that I'm helping him with. And I, he's one of my, my guys that I've definitely taken under my okay. wing and like, yo, you've got to succeed. Yeah. If it kills me and I'm going to help yes, you yes, help yes, that you get yes. there. So um, shout out to Gustavus Carpe. 
Liberian players outside. Make sure you go uh, follow Liberian players outside. Um, also, I think uh, at the end of the podcast, I'm supposed to say um, like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, share, share. do everything. Come um, on. If you're if you're listening to this audio podcast, uh, I think you're supposed to leave comments on the podcast yes, or, or review do. it, rate it, whatever you're supposed to do to make this thing pop. Make it pop because this isn't just the media. There's a lot of things that are behind it. Um, a lot of opportunities that are going to come from it. Uh, and this is just the beginning. I'm not going to share y'all the whole playbook of what Susu has in store, but uh, it's going to be the African Nike. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. So, um, Octawi, yes, thank sir. you for your time. Thank, thank you, you for sharing your stories with me. You are a fascinating individual. Yes, sir. Um, and I see why you're an actor, bro. You got a gift of gab. I got these headphones on, bro. You sound, you radio ready already. No, man. So that's, cool. you, you know what's crazy? That shit is, man. Everyone that everyone that knows about what I do in Liberia don't know nothing about my acting, right? <laughs> so <laughs> they just think you just uh, out yeah, here popping. Yeah. But but we gonna put it out there too, because sure, maybe sure, that's sure. something that they need to know. Not like they need to know, but like it needs to be put out into yeah, yeah. the universe, and Absolutely. you can really yes, step yes, into yes, that yes, because yes. you fully have stepped into the philanthropy role. You yes, fully have yes, stepped sir. into yes, the sir. CEO, President Octawi Nation One role. Shoot, step on into that acting yeah, role no, fully man. with both of you, which you have been doing. Yes, We're not yes, gonna put yes, that out yes, there yes, yet yes, because yes. you know Hollywood, they gotta you gotta keep stuff quiet yeah, that you're yeah. working on. <laughs> but uh yeah, man, this yeah. is this is a big year. This is no, it's it only really big is. things popping, man, and you got some you got some real positive energy exuding from you. I felt it when you walked in the yes, door because yes, I hadn't sir. seen you in 2021. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was the I keep saying this is the first episode, even though this probably isn't the first one I'm this gonna put out. But um it's it's another episode. It's uh, another episode. This is a wrap, uh, and I'm gonna figure out a cool outro to say. But for that, I'm gonna just leave with Africa the bro. with the drops. Africa, Africa abroad.